Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Oh, I want to say a huge thank you to our listener, uh, Julie Berg, who sent us an article. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, Julie. Uh, an article from The Guardian that I think was misheadlined because the headline is, people think we are scumbags, but celebrities are ringing us, the changing world of the paparazzi. But I think the headline should be, Team Cobra is right about everything. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. The real ding. Thank you for the real ding. Um, because essentially this article, and, and thank you again to Julie, because she read this and thought this is right up Team Cobra's alley. Yes, it is, Queen. It sure is, because, okay, for, there's. I don't want to get too far off the rails here, but I want to ask you a question. Are, were you aware of a trial in the UK called the Wagatha Christie Wagatha Christie? No, is that like a dog who solves murders? So I am like, now I'm fascinated on this and I want to go down a whole deep dive on this. So there were two wives of sports figures, footballers, so soccer players, um, in the UK who were fighting it out in court. And it was a libel trial. Okay. And they called it the Wagatha Christie trial. And I was like, I don't get it. Somebody explain that part to me. It's because um, it's a play on wives of athletes. Wives and girlfriends. Wives and girlfriends mm-hmm. of athletes. So WAG. And so they called it the Wagatha Christie trial. It's clever, right? Yeah. But everybody knew of it as that. And that trial because it was a libel trial and it dealt with um, defamation and it dealt with the use of one of the wives private Instagram accounts uh, and the other wife possibly leaking photographs from the private account to the to the press Um, it brought paparazzi to the fore again so people are talking about the paparazzi as a group as a menace to society (laughs) Yeah. Uh, in in a way that we were we talked about them in other we have talked about the paparazzi in other times. Sure, but this article in the Guardian actually is talking to paparazzi, specific paparazzo, and they are talking about their experience as the people who photograph and sell photographs of celebrities and how the whole business has changed. Now. There were a couple fascinating takeaways, and one of them I wanted to share with you because, again, like I said, the headline should be "Team Cobra is right." Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, where are we right? Where's the part where it says "Team Cobra is right"? Thank you. Um, so, one of the paparazzo says eighty percent of those photographs you see of celebrities looking like they're in their natural habitat, just doing things, yeah, are called up. Oh. Meaning the celebrities make the phone call themselves. 
Interesting. I know. So I was like, okay, thank you. So this is what his name is Aaron Parfit. He's the paparazzo that uh, that they were speaking to, and he's he's based in Manchester. He said, uh, and this comes right from the headline: People think we are scum scumbags hanging out of trees, but these celebrities are ringing us. Yeah. He estimates that eighty percent of his shots are set up in advance. He says, now this I think is really interesting, and I would like if this is the way it is. I'm happy to bring my camera plate. He said, uh, I've been on holiday with celebrities. Like they will go on vacation, paid vacations with celebrities. Oh, sure. To get these pictures. Now, he did say most of the people who go to those lengths are reality stars. Sure. Um, Which because, makes sense because they have to do a lot of their own work. Exactly. Yeah. And they know. So, so I like to use, like, when as I'm reading this, I'm thinking of one person in particular. Okay. Can you imagine who I'm thinking of? Uh, Farrah Abraham. Oh, sure. Because mm-hmm. who does the who does the paparazzi seem to cover so much? Farrah Abraham. Farrah Abraham. And and honestly, it the, the paparazzo goes on to explain that essentially they know what uh, tabloids are going to want. Yeah. And they provide them the picture, which is like half of the job, right? So then the tabloid just has to write around the picture, see the Daily Mail, and they'll get clicks from that. So the more pictures that they have available to them, the more they can expose a celebrity, and that's really what it's all about. Well, this, this seems spot on. Right. Um, they did also go on to the, uh, they, and they talked to a number of different um, paparazzo, paparazzi, paparazzi. Um, they talked also about the role that social media. So one of the things that has changed that industry is social media, because now if they're not able to, if a celebrity is not able to get the coverage that they want, they just use their social media and their social media. If it is their public social media account, the, um, publications can just grab straight from there they do all the time yeah so they don't have to pay for the pictures now the unfortunate piece of that is that then the paparazzi are losing money so it's not as lucrative as it once was think back to the um the terrible thing that eventually kind of led us to the place where Britney Spears was in a conservatorship but the photographs of her having her head shaved those were um those were purchased for tons of money. Yeah, I mean, people have put their kids through college yeah. by taking like the right photo at the right time. But that was all pre-social media. Yeah. And so they sort of, I mean, it, it is sort of, in some ways I feel like the paparazzi are more controlled in this way. You know, they're, because they're not hanging out of trees. They're not taking a long lens to a... Um, to a balcony, but you can reasonably assume that the majority of paparazzi shots are arranged ahead of time. Yeah, it seems like the business model has just changed, but mm-hmm. the market is still there and they're still making money. Probably not as good money, but a lot of that money now is probably coming from celebrities themselves. Right. Right. But the place where this is like the best use of uh, or the or the people who are who benefit most, I should say, from this model are some of those lower tier celebrities because it allows them to get in headlines. Oh, sure. Well, it's like whenever you see them like, 
you know, uh, working out in a park. You're like, um, how did anybody know you were going to be in that mm-hmm. park? Oh, look, over here at the Daily Mail right now, Heidi Montag showing off her mm-hmm. bump and floral print string bikini. See? Was she During... eating raw liver? No, but she's on vacation in Hawaii. Oh, good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's another little tidbit that I thought was very interesting that I just wanted to spend one moment on. Uh, there was uh, there was a question in this article. Are there A-listers who aren't okay with paparazzi meaning arranged or otherwise here's the list and these remember this is a uk production so yeah adele 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 prince harry david beckham so there are people and and this to me just goes to show exactly what we've always said which is if you want to be private you can be private Yeah. yeah it just stands to reason people just don't think about it that way because they're just so ingrained or uh, they're so sort of trained to be like, you know, to not think critically. Right. But uh, when you see, for example, pictures of Rihanna uh, showing off her baby bump for the first time, that is actually, those pictures were taken by a paparazzo who she has a personal relationship with. And so, and all the other paparazzi know that that is Rihanna's paparazzo. So he is always front and center taking her pictures. Yeah. And she he's the one that she arranges with. Well, and that's frankly, like, I don't blame them. You know, remember we listened to um, our good friends on, oh, I've forgotten the name of the podcast now, where they w- were talking to a paparazzo or a former paparazzo mm-hmm. who sort of told uh, told a story about his, like one celebrity he would take photos of sort of casually and he was very nice to this person. And so then the celebrity called him mm. back to say like, uh, you know, I'm going to be at this place at this time and mm-hmm. then forged a relationship. So like... You know, you, and it just makes total sense. I mean, you would do this if you were a celebrity, because if people are going to cover me, I would rather people who are going to take good shots and do right. you know honest work get rewarded for, you know, capturing my image. Right. Absolutely. And and one way you stay in their good graces is not uh, selling the pictures of their ugly in between faces. So whenever you see those really good photographs of uh, celebrities just out and about, you know that that was arranged with a paparazzo. Anywho, uh, this beyond the blinds is what I was beyond the blinds. Yes. Um, If you are interested in this article, I mean, I find it to be a really interesting article. Uh, it uh, is in The Guardian. It's uh, written by Ser- Serene Kale, and uh, it should be called Team Cobra Was Right All, all Along. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Now that we've pet our own backs, when we come <laughs> back on The Colleen and Bradley Show, I want to go deep in the shallow, Bradley, Okay. on a story I saw about Mama June. Mama June. And a reality show. A I know, but she was on a reality show that aired last night, oh. and I want to tell you what it was about, and I think you're going to be able to do the math pretty easily. Okie doke. After this on My Talk 1071. I know you've been wondering what's our friend Mama June up to oh, yeah. uh, on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hello. 
I want to go deep in the shallow on this one, Bradley. All right. Because I saw this headline and I was like, Mama Junior, what is she up to? Well, uh, headline TMZ, Mama June, I'm taking my ex friend to court. Watch me kick his earth on live TV. Oh, and I God. thought, what? Oh. She's going to kick his butt on TV? Celebrity wrestling? And that's what I thought at first, but I read further. Apparently, there's a new A&E series called Court Night Live, and uh, it is hosted by uh, Judge Mathis and oh, yeah. Vinnie Politan. I don't know who that is. I know Judge Mathis. Yeah, but. right? Um, but th- I think that the new show started last night, and on the first episode, Mama June was suing a former f- friend she claims screwed her over. Oh, God. Do you want me to tell you who the friend is? Uh, let's see. Who could the friend of Mama June be? I don't know, actually. Who's who's her friend? Adam Barta. Uh, what? Okay, so... She is not suing Adam Barta. She did. She did sue him on TV last night. Now, I didn't get to see it because I don't have any. I don't have the A's or the E's. Um, but, oh, by the way, uh, Judge Vonda Evans is also... Uh, part of this show, she provides analysis. Okay. Uh, anywho, uh, this uh, this show is on A and E at eight o'clock on Wednesdays. So it was on last night. I did not watch it, as I said. But the story goes like this: Mama June and Adam worked together on a YouTube show where they talked about pop culture. Huh. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and created other social media content. She said it started as friendly advice, but it turned into daily consults, and he promised to pay her for her help, but he stiffed her, so she's suing him for $5,000. Dun, dun, dun. Adam says he had a close relationship with her, and they each did things for each other without any obligation of repayment. He says he helped June in her time of need and was there for her, so they're even. Now... All of that is just words, but Bradley, we know something. That's it. Yes, we do. We know many things. Do you want to do a little math on this for the public, or would you like me to do the math? Well, what math do you want me to do? So, uh, Adam Barta is a frequent flyer of people who are repped by... Gina Rodriguez, which I'm sure she reps him, too. Exactly. And so, do you or do you not... Think that none of this is actually true. Oh, of and this course was not. All of course just to not. get them on a ding dang reality show. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking through uh, Twitter here to see if I, I see any uh, evidence. But um, yes, it is so obvious to me that Gina Rodriguez was like, "Hey, I can get you two on the show, but you got to act like you're fighting." Right, because really, at the end of the day, it's like small claims court but not even because if it's like the people's court they just have agreed to settle whatever their beef is in this live court tv situation and it's tv so what is the one and only goal of clients of gina rodriguez to get attention to get attention do they have a new show because i'm looking at something from executive producers Mama June and Adam Barta, The Dish, reality TV just got really absurd. Hmm. And Is this their YouTube channel? Somebody uh, from Real Housewives tweeted, should have easily won with... No- Adam Barta should have easily won with no agreement and her using him for his house, but oh. glad and happy he can promote their show now. 
How interesting. Well, okay, so, so she did win. <laughs> she won last night okay. on nice. this thing. Spoiler alert. But uh, not really. She believed that uh, Adam Barta was using her, quote, likeness and name for his financial gain. Uh, she's been doing reality TV for 11 years, and he knows that. Um, they never got a contract for their upcoming TV special, The Dish. Okay, so all of this is to promote their TV special called The Dish. Yeah. There which, you go. according Executive to... Executive producer, The Dish. Uh, it's the 30th, apparently, on Apple TV. And according to her, they never... She Okay, June said she never got a contract together because during that time I was in between management doing stuff on my own. And at first I didn't think he was going to constantly just ask and ask for my involvement. So she did, they did a TV special together, but she never got a contract according to the story. Okay. So this is just even more inceptiony. Isn't that wild? Also, they keep saying he keeps saying it's coming to Apple TV. It's not like it's Apple TV Plus. It's I like you- it because the dish on Apple TV Plus is an Australian movie you can watch. Yeah, now. no, the uh-huh. it's it says like coming to Apple TV, Google TV, and Vudu. Oh, honey. so okay. it's it, you know, I mean, look, hey, it's I ain't got a reality show or a show on any network, so I ain't one to judge. I'm just saying, like, it seems to me this is a like a perfect tie-in opportunity for their new gig right i would like to also point out to you another person who shows up on the dish is it tan mom correct yeah because you can see it in the image yeah like her head is there there's just moves that these that these folks do Mm -hmm. and adam barta shows up in i mean he did work with tan mom remember he's the one that produced her hits yeah well, the, I mean, he does, you know, he produces some bangers. We, we actually interviewed him on this oh, very yeah. show. No, he's been, I mean, he's been a friend of the show. Mama June has been a friend of the yeah. show. I am not surprised that Gina Rodriguez, also Gina Rodriguez, Mad Props, getting people out there. For example, um, including but not limited to uh, Lamar Odom, there was a big thing on TMZ about his new teeth. Uh, yes, which that's another move of Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, she got him like... Uh, a Beverly Hills tooth doctor See? to give him new veneers. Listen, if you want to like, know, wow. if you want to know more about uh, our thoughts on Gina Rodriguez and her clientele, you can listen to our podcast. Go deep in the shallow. It's available on iTunes. Oh or my wherever god, they you get your used podcasts. media for attention. It's what? on Apple. How I, dare they? I just did. Yep. When we come back. On the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-bags. after this on My Talk 107. Celebrities behaving badly. It is our duty to inform you of them so that you are aware of them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi, Beyonce. What's up? You know, doing the thing. We have a name for them. We call them Bags of D. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag. Of the day. Is that like bags of D, like that saying? Mm-mm. You know, bleepa. Is that I don't think so. Thing? No, it's a different oh. kind. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Who's your D bag? Oh, thanks for asking, Fox News. Oh. What? No, it, it's not politics, man. Okay. This is just like the their their uh, entertainment department. Okay. And you know, entertainment politics very different things. Are they? Anyway. For the purpose of this show, they are. And that's not why I'm here. Okay. Why I am here 
is because Fox News's entertainment beat, aka Tracy Wright from Fox News, did the pol- the following. You okay? It's Thursday. The following headline. Okay. Anne Heche said she warned her Ally McBeal co-star Portia de Rossi against pursuing ex Ellen DeGeneres. No, we're not doing this. No. Um, when did we take Anne Heche off life support? Literally and by less that, I mean, than when a did week. doctors take her off like, life support? Less than a week ago. Yeah. And yet, here we are with a story that no. purports to tell us how in a YouTube video, Anne Heche tells us about how she warned uh, Portia de Rossi against getting into a relationship with. No, this is Ellen. gross. Can we wait five minutes before we um, come for her? How about also, more than five minutes? Can we wait very, a wileer? I'm very concerned about where our weird cultural disdain for Anne Heche comes from. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not saying Anne Heche was like a perfect human, but I'm, I just, there's this like, there's this narrative about Anne Heche. That is well, very, and very it interesting. Literally began with her relationship with Ellen. And that's the part that's like so it's disgusting. But I can't tell what the point these disgusting uh stories are trying to make. Right? I, like right. what's the point of telling this story? It's just it's literally hate hate. Heisht. Yeah, which is uh, I, I mean, it was gross. Um, a year ago and it's gross today it doesn't matter like that is a Anne Heche was a person who truly was I mean honestly she'd had a really really difficult trauma filled life yeah and then I had the gall to talk about it yeah right at a time how dare you and then and then got into a relationship that was not that was not accepted at the time and ended up paying the price by her career yeah oh absolutely I, well I, yes and yes. like never was able to shake whatever that was yeah that old archaic stupid belief but there is something about Anne Heche though because Ellen DeGeneres went on to be Ellen DeGeneres right Anne Heche did not go on to True. be Ellen DeGeneres not that they are the same person Holly I feel like you were going to say something Oh, looking at the way this headline is written and looking at the context of this story, seems like somebody, an editor, was like, well, we need to hit this and we need to hit an article that gives the following. Anne H., Ellen DeGeneres, Portia de Rossi, this, this, and that. Meaning like, that articles... the dots, la, la, well, yeah, la. Or meaning articles like this are clickbait. Mm-hmm. And they're meant to, you know, get you to click on something because yeah. you think you're going to learn something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I totally agree. And I think that that's why you see articles like this. But this is this storyline is unique to Anne Heche. She because because, again, I mean, it's not just, you know, some people might say it. Well, you know, she had a relationship with a lesbian, mm-hmm. you know, as if to say that that's somehow controversial. Yet Ellen DeGeneres, like, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres has her own issues, mm-hmm. right? But like this, there's just something about the way that the media covers Anne Heche. Like, uh, and it's, and who knows, maybe it's, it's also hard to sort of, you know, remove from it Anne Heche. Like Mm -hmm. Anne Heche is a person, was a person who had many struggles. Mm -hmm. Newsflash, all people have struggles. Right. But the media seem to fixate on Anne Heche's struggles 
uniquely to Anne Heche in a way that it's not singular, mm-hmm. but it is certainly unique because um, it, it just it, it always seems like people are willing to be like, yeah, well, you know, she was, you know, you know she was, you know. Listen, she, like that's what everybody seems to be doing behind all of these stories about her tragic death, which, right. you know, was very tragic and very unfortunate and, you know, um, has like traumatized people who are still alive, mm-hmm. mainly the woman whose house she like ended up crashing into. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I don't know. There's something about it that really turned me off. Like, I get it. Like, people are going to tell salacious stories, but this is just like, are we going to do this so soon? Ugh. And like. Also, how sad. Yeah. That because like there are other celebrities who die tragically at at, you know, um, in in ways that you could apply some sort of like I think people want to re- apply some responsibility mm-hmm. to her, like for her and her own death. Right. Like, which is weird. Right. But what I'm saying is like, that's not unusual that the media would try to do that. But in addition, there's just this like edge to all of the coverage about Anne Heche that seems, or I shouldn't say all of it, there is this, like, thread underneath that's like, yeah, you know. Well, you know, the, th- the the truth of life and death is that we all will leave our lives in progress, and nobody will have tied up all their loose ends, and what this article is trying to do is trying to find loose ends to exploit. And yeah. that's the gross piece. Yeah. And I, but I, and think, she's not here to defend anything. Yeah, no, uh, but I think that there's like, even in the coverage before she died, yeah. even in the coverage like before this particular incident, it's just like, mm. mm-hmm. I don't want to say like crazy Anne Heche, but that's the sense that you yeah. get from these articles. Like, because I will say, you know, like, of course, I'm not dumb. I read the article and I wanted to know the gossip because mm-hmm. I'm like a gossip person the whole time. I'm like, this is gross. I need a Silkwood shower. Mm-hmm. But it also just, you know, the, the the pieces they select out make her sound like a very bitter person. Right. And, you know, I don't have any reason to believe she was any more or less bitter than anyone else. I, or if she is bitter, uh, it, there's probably some justified bitterness in there. Because she really was, if you remember when uh, she and... Ellen uh, broke up, but more more than that, when Ellen's show was canceled, people didn't blame. I mean, people blamed Anne Heche for it because she was in a relationship with Ellen. Well, I also think there's this weird thing where she then like married a man, and I think people don't like that. No, oh like, no. If you tell people you're something, they want you to. They want you to stay in. Your otherwise, box. you're quote crazy. It's mm-hmm. very challenging, and especially well, people are complex. And when people go against the narrative that Hollywood and the media have set up for them to be mm-hmm. perceived in that way, it th- people have a hard time yeah. with nuance and complexity. And mm-hmm. especially with somebody like Anne Heche, it is much in the late 90s, Anne Heche was being positioned as a very big movie star I mean, on the she rise. Was opposite, opposite Harrison Ford and, mm-hmm. you know, facing tens of millions of dollars in you know, gigs mm-hmm. for movie roles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then lost it lost all. all of that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying, you know, I mean, it's Hollywood. Hollywood is not like a, um, an altruistic philanthropic organization. So it's not like she was owed that. And several other celebrities who have achieved far less lost far more. So like, it, it's not that she's, you know, I feel like it's all terrible and horrible because that, you know, I mean, a certain amount of that is the business, right? But with her in particular, it was unique. Mm. 
That was my D-bag story. Please do better, Fox News. Thank you. In similar news, I would like to say um, wrong timing, Amy Schumer. Oh, Amy Schumer's your D-bag? I know, it's shocking, because she's like, I'd gotten to a good place with her. Okay. But then she did this thing, and I was like, oh, Amy, no, no, no. What'd she do? She mm, tried to have a funny moment, and it just wasn't funny. Oh, no, what happened? Do you remember Tom Holland just posted an Instagram basically explaining that he's going to take a break from social media. Yeah, he uh, said it was like too distracting or yeah, something. Yeah, he it's it's a for him it's a method of caring for his own mental health. Um and he did this like really honestly beautiful video that he said it was really hard for him to do because he's in a place he's a time he's in a time of struggling right now so he posted this video and it was not far after that i believe it was like a di- within a day amy schuber posted a video to her own instagram and she seemed to sort of be parodying his message oh okay I have decided for my own mental health to do more social media. I find that looking at my phone for eight and a half hours a day is helping me. And it's helping this pimple patch and this breakout. And being in my 40s, it's actually good for me to watch all of Love Island and all of The Bachelors, whether in paradise or just normal mansions. So you'll be seeing a lot more of me on social media, just for my physical and mental well-being. So, oh, like she's trying to be facetious or something? I think that that's what she thought she was doing. Okay. But it read as mocking a person who was uh, trying to, first of all, share their own truth and raise some awareness about the pitfalls of social media and what it can do with people. Yeah. And she decided to make it into a joke. And then she doubled down on it by basically saying, like, no, I wasn't making fun of him. I was making fun of myself. And then she said, of course, social media is toxic. And I just like, I just wanted to say to Amy Schumer, it's okay to just leave stuff alone. It's okay to just, (laughs) yeah, like have your funny thoughts. Everyone would have that message. Yeah. And then just leave it. It's okay. Like this was like, there's a time and a place for a ha ha funny joke. And it's okay to make yourself the butt of a joke, but the proximity to a person who's truly is struggling, talking about how they're leaving social media because of their struggle and giving people a window into what it's like to struggle with anxiety, depression, uh, that is exacerbated by social media. There are people who found that very relatable. Oh, and for then sure. she lifted her leg on it. Yeah. Do better. Do better. Do better, Amy Schumer. Seriously, I was in such a good place with her. Yeah, I love her in um Only Murders. I love her character. Oh my gosh, right? I forgot. Oh my gosh, I forgot she was in that. Also, I love her dang show. What is the name of her show? Yeah, somebody else just said they loved oh. that show. Darn it, it's so good. Um, we watched the whole thing and Life I, and Beth. Thank you. Life and Beth. And I watched that and I thought, okay, I have had I struggle with Amy Schumer. She I felt very endeared to her after I watched that show. So all I'm trying to say is, Amy Schumer, I know you can do better. I just yeah, do I just it. I I also and this is not to like take away from any of that. I just think it's gotta be extra hard to like do your comedy. On social media now, because it's hard to make boundaries between like what's what's your shtick and Mm -hmm. what's you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
people are just going to, I mean, you're never going to win. So part of me is just like, just do you Amy Schumer and, you know, people will have reactions. And I'm sure she's now thinking more clearly or thoughtfully about mm. those kinds of things. I hope so. I also think it's an, uh, an option when somebody is critical of something you did to say, you know what? I wasn't thinking of it that way. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Rather than doubling down and trying to justify it further. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we all have options. We get to make choices. And the end. Goodbye. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. <laughs> not we, the end. Not we, goodbye. Not we're goodbye. coming back because we're doing a show. Yeah. And I'm really excited because we made a choice to talk to somebody who we absolutely love. A friend of the show. And I honestly don't think we've talked to him it's been hundred. It's literally been a hundred years. Our friend Doug Melro is going to give us a call, and he's going to tell us all about the Red Ribbon Ride, which he's doing again this year. And we're excited to hear all about it and how we can support him in that after this on My Talk 107.1. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. And, uh... Here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have uh, an occasion from time to time to talk to friends of the show who are doing really amazing things. And Bradley, I'm going to allow you. I'm going to ask you. Um, rather, allow me. Thank you. I'm going to give you permission. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I'd like for you to do the honor of uh, introducing our guest. Yeah, I want to welcome back to the show, lovely friend of the show and longtime listener, first time caller, not really, Doug Melro. Hi, honey. Hey, guys. How are you? Wonderful. Now, uh, for the listeners who may not have met you, Doug, you have, uh, well, for for eons, since long before I've known you've been involved with the Red Ribbon Ride. It's coming up again. You're involved. Please tell us. I mean, let's start with uh, what the Red Ribbon Ride is and what it means to you. Well, what the Red Ribbon Ride is, is it's a two-day um, fully supported bike ride. Um, so we are going to, uh, start from one heartland that I know is near and dear to your guys' heart, um, and do two circles and two, two loops. It's about 150 miles. Um, it raises money for three local Minnesota HIV AIDS, um, services or org- Oh, Doug, Doug, are you still there? Doug, did we lose him? Oh no. Did you cut oh, out? No. Oh no. Okay. We'll get him back. Yes, we so will get him back. I do just want to, um, maybe I'll just fill in some of the blanks. Yeah. So again, two-day, 150-plus uh, mile bike ride through the wilderness of Minnesota, benefiting those three HIV-AIDS service organizations that he mentioned, the Aliveness Project, One Heartland, and the Rural AIDS Action Network. Now, One Heartland, of course, you're going to hear a lot more about as well, because, of course, there are charity for Project Down and Dirty yes. and Team Cora. I see him calling in. Perfect. Good. So hopefully we'll get him back. Um, they have raised a bunch of money so far, but they have a goal, and that's why Doug is uh, here today, and I think he's back on the line. Hi. Hi, Doug. I'm, I I can't believe I just cut out because uh, I just said the absolute perfect, most mind-blowing. Of course. Well, of course. <laughs> now you have to do it all over now, again. Just but do it all make over. it seem like it's the first time. <laughs> well, we heard you talk about the organizations, and that's where you got to before you cut out. Okay, so yeah, three local HIV AIDS service organizations. Um, the Aliveness Project, which is like a community center, a drop-in center where people can get meals. They can get um, anything from a yoga class to legal help to 
um, anything. It's just something that so these people who are in who are HIV positive don't fall through the cracks, keeping them fully supported. Um, Rural AIDS Action Network is something that um, they're located in St. Cloud, but they support people living in the rural areas because it's easy for us to find support here in the Twin Cities. But if you're living in St. Cloud or in Moorhead or Hibbing or something like that and need help, that they are there to provide those services. And then One Heartland is a camp where I'll be um, this staying this weekend. And it's a, a sleepover camp for kids all over the country. And they can come and be fully accepted and their lives have been affected by HIV, whether they are HIV positive or one of their parents is, or they've lost a family member to HIV. So it's a place where they can come and feel totally accepted and celebrated. Now, Doug, I know this is by no means your first time doing the Red Ribbon Ride because we've talked to you about it prior. Uh, how many how many of these have you done? And can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to the Red Ribbon Ride to begin with? Um, yes, this is my 13th ride, and it's the 20th anniversary of the Red Ribbon Ride, so we're celebrating 20 years of it. Um, 13 years, um, every single year that I've done the ride, it has changed my life and has brought me focus to um, my purpose in life. Um, and I have lost a lot of people to HIV and AIDS um, over the years. And so it's a time for me to celebrate my angels and people that I've lost and really reconnect with them. And one of my good friends, we used to call Johnny Angel, um, he passed away a few years ago and he was the first one to get me to do the ride. And I always thought I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And he'd been living with HIV for 30 years and he was able to do it. And I thought if he can do it, then I can do it. And Mm. so I did do it and I've been doing it ever since. And it's absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that um, we get to, you know, to talk to you uh, about this and that you continue to do this. And so many people do. And this, this opportunity exists because I think in a lot of people's minds, perhaps who aren't paying as close attention or maybe not as familiar, um, you know, with uh, just the state of affairs when it comes to HIV and AIDS, people might think like, oh, do we really need to do this now? Because Mm -hmm. isn't there a cure? And, you know, to that, of course, we would say... No, there is not a cure. We are still um, um, fighting and educating people, trying to people to stop testing positive, people to use PrEP, mm-hmm. to, to use condoms, and to use um, common sense. Um, in the two days that we will be riding, 180 people will test positive in the United States mm-hmm. alone. And then you consider what's happening in the worldwide. Um, and so it's still happening. And it's one thing that has been really hard is that just trying to create the awareness and the focus back onto it that it's still here and people are still testing positive almost the same as they have been for the past 15 years in the state of Minnesota. So we're um, trying to keep the awareness and keep the focus on, on the fight, on education and ways that we can stop the spread because we know how to stop the spread. We just have to be smart. Doug, you know, um, there are a lot of ways that people can support this ride. Maybe this year is not a year that people are going to be able now to hop on their bikes and take the ride, but that is certainly a possibility in the future. But there are so many ways that people can support you and the other riders. Can you give us uh, an idea of what ways we can show up to support you in the way that you're supporting uh, these wonderful organizations? Yeah, we'd love any kind of support. You can go to our website, which is redribbonride.org, 
and you can see all the benefiting agencies and find out ways that you can support them, as well as you can donate to an individual rider or crew member. You can also donate to a team. So if you wanted to donate to um, Team Bears, you could do that. You could donate to Team Firm, or you could donate to an individual rider. So there's lots of ways you could donate um, a one-time donation. You mm-hmm. can also make a monthly or yearly contribution, um, set things up. So there's so many ways that you can help. Um, and all each one of these organizations needs um, volunteer support, the Aliveness Project. Um, you can volunteer to help serve meals. You can um, help deliver meals. There's just so many ways that you can help each one of these organizations. And that's one thing that is makes it feel so good is that you're giving back and you guys can do it. We can do it. The reason why I'm writing is because I can and you know what? I can help. So no problem doing that. Help out whenever I can. It's so wonderful. And Doug, they can make contribute. They can look up your name, right? Like they can type in Doug Melrose. Look, I'm at the, I'm at the website right now and I just see Doug right there. So like, he's, yeah. let's he's get front, you to your goal. He's front page news. <laughs> what's the most exciting? The <laughs> okay. What's, what's the most, uh, tell us what about one of the most joyous parts of the actual ride. Like the thing you, one of the things you enjoy most about doing the red ribbon ride. Oh, there's a lot. Um, for me personally, there is a time on each ride where my head and my heart connect and I see things clearly. My angels up above, my higher power is talking to me and everything just, I just get a clear vision of, of what I'm supposed to be doing in life. And I listen to my angels and I'm so grateful for them. So there's always a point in the ride where I just sometimes have a little bit of a breakdown and just, I'm so grateful that I had them in my life when I did. And I'm so grateful that they still guide me throughout my daily life today. Oh, that's so beautiful, Doug. And listen, we're thankful that you're in our life and that you are uh, doing what you are doing in honor of all those angels of yours. And uh, and thank you so much for joining us again. And we're so excited for you. And we will get donating. Bon voyage, my dear. Thank you, guys. I hope to see you guys in person soon. Yes, please. Absolutely. Oh, that's Doug Melrose. Uh, RedRibbonRide.org. You can donate there. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley Show, we'll talk to you after this. <laughs> we'll talk to you.